Awesome. What's up, everybody? Uh, good evening. Hey. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, welcome to another episode of Sawdust Talk. They haven't kicked us off yet. We don't know why they would, but they might. Who knows? Uh, we have an awesome guest tonight. We've got Justin from Campfire Woodworks. So we're gonna we're gonna grill him about the good stuff. Awesome. Oh, and I'm. There we go. Sorry, my Instagram was playing through my other window, so I was getting a 30-second delay. Uh, but anyway, I'm Brayden with Little Bug Woodworking. I'm here in Omaha, Nebraska. I do a little bit of everything. I've got a big new thing behind me now, so I'm excited about that. But mostly, I just wing it, and I do whatever the people on Etsy say, will you do this for money? That's it. TJ, what's up? I'm TJ with TJT Workshop in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, most of the woodworking I do takes place on a lathe. It is very cold in my shop tonight, so we're having another uh, living room episode. Um, it is also absolutely filthy in my shop. This week's project has been uh, cataloging and appraising my entire collection of tools for my LLC. Um and I don't want to say that the number that it totaled up to made me queasy, but thankfully, if you spread it out over the 25 plus years of accumulating these tools, it's not that terrifying. Well, they're all free. They're all a write-off. That's how that works, right? Um, and you got to count no. the depreciation, too. Like, those tools are definitely worth pennies on the dollar at this point. In fact, if you don't need them anymore, just let me know, and I'll be happy to buy them off of you for 30, 40, 50 cents, whatever it is. Yeah, you have that's where to put them. For, right? know <laughs> <laughs> where to put them. Um, before we get going, we want to thank our sponsors, Surf Prep and George Supply Co. Uh, Surf Prep is the best t-shirt company that happens to also make sanding systems. So if you need good t-shirts, Surf Prep's the place to get them. Also, make sure that you use code Sawdust Talk to save ten percent on their website on everything uh, there. And then George Supply Co. I mean, let's be honest; it's cool, cool maker swag and CA glue. Like it's a match made in heaven. So, uh, special thanks to our sponsors. We love them. Uh, Justin, what's hey. up, bud? Who the heck are you? <laughs> oh, who am I? I am Justin from Campfire Woodworks. Uh, I make stuff, a lot of stuff. Um, I'm making a lot of stuff this week. It is, um, I'm in smack in the middle of my Christmas rush and it's killing me. Um, <laughs> we were just talking about before that uh, I had I had, I had, had three messages today already. People asking me if they get their, their products before Christmas if they order today. And my answer to them is you'll be lucky if you get it before New Year's because you're just, just, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, Justin, this is this is why I love you because I think every other maker that we asked, hey, do you want to be on like these like this next this week and next week? And they looked at the calendar and they're like, no, that's busy. No, no. And you were like, yes, the, I'll survive. Everything around me is already burning. So what's an hour <laughs> on the podcast going to do? There you go. That's the holiday spirit right there. <laughs> this is fine. We're, we're fine. Every, everything's everything's just fine. Yeah. Uh, I've been crying while sanding this week. It's been fine. Well, see, oh, if so you, wet uh, sanding. You get the dust in your eyes. It just soaks it up instantly, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the the tears keep the dust level down in the shop because ah, safety tears. Exactly. Safety tears. Well, I hear that's what Carbon Method uses to make their nanotech. It's actually the tears of tears of depressed makers. Have you tried that stuff yet? I haven't. I've I've had it in the cart, but <laughs> every time I get to like the we need your money part, I'm like, not today, Satan. Not today. I I might do it. I might do it after after this uh, holiday rush. I've been using the T9 bow shield stuff, and I think I'm going to give the Carbon Method a shot. Uh, I figure if it's good enough for Cam, it's got to be good enough for my nonsense. But I do a lot of outdoors. Like, I do a lot of cornhole boards and things like that. It just feels a little bit overkill for that stuff. Yeah, but it'll keep your uh, your, your your table saw looking real nice for, for quite some time. That's yeah, true. See, I, just, uh, I have this system where I leave 
green pieces of like red and white oak on <sighs> on various metal surfaces and then I take a close quarters drill with a two inch sanding disc like the velcro part and then I just stick a green scotch bright pad on there with some WD-40 and go ape on it and that's why so, all of my metal surfaces are now buffed. So do you know that the day after I put my saw stop together, the, the just the, the very next day, my first full day of use on my saw stop, I worked with the garage door open and it was like June or July, I think. And all of the cool air went out, all the humid air came in. I closed the garage door, turned the AC on and left the shop. When I came back the next day, I had condensation all along the fence that fell onto the saw stop table. And I have still to this day, two streaks stains on the cast iron. I got to enjoy that thing for one day before, before I rusted it. I think that's the thing that's kept me from getting a saw stop is <laughs> like, I feel like the pain of dealing with something going wrong with that is like, you got to balance that out with, do I keep my fingers? Do I keep my sanity? Fingers, sanity. And it seems like everybody has some sort of, like, moisture is just magnetized to it. Because everybody so, has a moisture story. It's the first time it's ever happened in my shop. And and the last time, it hasn't happened since. It just, for whatever reason, the, the sawdust gods hated me um, and wanted to put rust on my saw stop. I got it out though. Like it's it's there's no more brown. It's just like you could see like that darkened cast iron where those streaks used to be. It's like getting that first scratch on the car though. Like they wanted to make sure that you were gonna use it, <laughs> not just stare at it. So Yeah, okay. So you put the saw stop together and then you throw a baseball at it and you just get that out of the way, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean that's what I do with just about everything in my shop. I got a buddy who does that with his motorcycles. Throws a baseball. <laughs> I mean, I, I I resonate with the car thing. My my black Jeep has pinstripes all the way down both sides. It is it's it's it'll never buff out. Uh, yeah, you pay my... extra for those uh, those branch and twig streaks, right? Yeah, I mean, if I ever sell it, you know, that's a it's, it's a premium. It's pre uh, uh, pre weathered paint. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a patina. It's a patina. Patina. <laughs> Well, I mean, Jeeps are one of those things where like you can kind of get away with scratches and stuff. And I so I recently sold my Wrangler and it was the same sort of thing. It was pointing at damage. I mean, like that's proof that it can do this and that's proof that it can do this. Did that work when you were trying to sell it? It did. The The problem that I had was so my Wrangler was built strictly as a rock crawling machine. So it, big tires and it was meant to go slow and stay dry and all that. Weird and the guy I was okay. talking to, oh yeah, the uh, the guy that I was selling it to was like way out in the farmland in Nebraska, which isn't as far out. I mean, and it's Nebraska. But anyway, he was way out of town. And he told me, he's like, yeah, so I'm looking for a good Jeep that I can sink in the river. And I was like, I'm going to be honest, this is built for almost exactly the opposite of what you're <laughs> looking to do with it. Like, so I had... Uh, they're called boat sides, which maybe that was the problem, but they're holes in the tub that like go to 45 so that you don't hit rocks on your rockers. So there were literally like body length holes in the body that water would just come right in and just bare metal everywhere. Well, that's why I have drain plugs. You just hose it down when you're done, right? I cut my rockers off. They were drain plugs. Like I took the body drain plugs off. So, but it was just funny that, I built this thing for one thing, and this guy's like, yeah, I'm just going to do the exact opposite. In the mountains of Omaha, both of them? No, that's kind of... So the rivers are easy to find around here. It's That's kind of why I ended up selling the Jeep, was I'm in Nebraska. Like, there's just not a lot of rock crawling. I've got to drive, like, three and a half hours to get that. So, you know, it wasn't until I started talking to you and Dan regularly that I found out that Nebraska doesn't have mountains. I thought it had mountains. I was convinced that Nebraska had mountains somewhere. We've got some kind of steep hills. Yeah, Both I know, of them. now I know. Them. It's like, <laughs> like my driveway, it's at an incline. So it's like one of the only three states I've never been to. I've been around it, never in it. That 
okay, that part feels almost intentional because I-80, to go like almost anywhere, you have to go on I-80. Yeah, until you get to Nebraska and then you go around it. Yeah, and the rest <laughs> of the world just takes 70. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to end this. I don't feel like doing this anymore. This is not fun for me. Brayden, did you get your feelings hurt because we don't like your highway? I guess just a little bit. I told it's you guys, okay. I'll, I'll come out there at some point, maybe this summer, maybe next next fall. I'll be out there. Don't worry. I think that we need to just like keep willing things into existence like we did with the uh, Makers for St. Jude project that Mike did. So I'm I'm willing it out there now, this coming summer, 2024. We're going to do a Midwest maker meetup at Bluewood Brewing in St. Louis, Missouri. That sounds like is, a lot of work is, for me. Is Missouri Midwest? Indeed. Okay. I mean, I love St. Louis, so yeah, let's just do it. Sorry we'll to talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'll wear my Mayo shirt. You can, you can nice. take a train, Braden. You can take a train from Omaha to St. Louis. And if you don't like trains, you obviously don't know how fun works. So, like, you know, I know how trains work. I just, I mean, I don't know if it's. I prefer exists. to take my covered wagon. Amtrak used to have a pass. It was a, it was a, it was a, um, uh, like a month long sightseeing pass, and I think they wanted like six hundred and fifty bucks for it, and it allowed you to take an Amtrak train anywhere in the country, and you had like ten departures and ten boardings on your pass, so you could ride the train for as long as you wanted to anywhere in the country and get off and on 10 times with that pass within a month. I don't know if they still, I, I, it's somewhere on the, it used to be somewhere on the Amtrak site. You could like purchase this pass and like tour the whole country on Amtrak train. We got a really, really nice Amtrak station right in the middle of my town. <laughs> like, like my little suburbial township. We've got a beautiful train station. I've been hurt by Amtrak before. Uh, my buddy and his wife and their daughter and then my wife and me and my daughter, we were going to go from here to Chicago on Amtrak like four or five years ago. And we were going to go to see uh, them dye the, the river green for St. Patrick's Day. Sure. Literally the morning we were supposed to get on the train, it got delayed and then delayed like hour and a half chunks at a time until it was like, hey, we might show up at noon to get you there by the time it ended up actually showing up in Omaha, I had already rented a car that morning and we were almost to Chicago. Classic Amtrak. So, yeah. So I don't, I don't know how much I trust Amtrak. If you live in the Northeast where I am, like I'm right in the middle of like the Northeast corridor for Amtrak. So you can go from DC to Boston. The Acela express is like, it's, it's an experience. If you're ever here and you, for whatever reason, need to go from New York to Boston or Boston to DC, take an Acela. It is like Amtrak's express train. The thing does like 180 miles an hour. It's amazing to be. Oh, honest. I was hoping it was going to be like <clears throat> flying Spirit Airlines on rails. No, like, no. You know, doing Waffle House at 150 miles an hour. That's amazing. All, this, all the seats are these big wide leather seats. There's plenty of leg room. They recline. There's tables. There's a bar car. They serve food on the train. It's amazing. Dude, I'm totally in. I love trains. <laughs> I'm kind of interested in this like Waffle House on tracks idea. I think there's an idea there. I ate at my first Waffle House ever this year. Seriously? I'm not, Where was that? Not, not impressed. <laughs> it's it's not good, right? No, no. It, I think we were in, we were in South Carolina. It might have been South Carolina that we were. When, yeah, when we, when but we, it is it, open. That's why we went there because <laughs> th that was all that there was. Right. It's not good, but it is open. So, you know, it's like people forget about Little Caesars being both hot and ready, right? Neither one of those is good, right? They don't say that it's hot, ready, and good, but it is both hot and Never ready. thought about that. I'm going to be I've honest. Had, I haven't had Little Caesars since I was maybe 11 years old, like when my friends maybe had a birthday party at Little Caesars at some point. It was the last time I've stepped foot inside one of those places. Little Caesars just isn't that bad. I'm okay no. with it. Maybe it's maybe it's our Little Caesars, but I like the fact that it's okay, it's hot, and it's ready. And it's ready. Like, there's yeah. no waiting. Up up until up until five years ago, I've spent my entire life living in New York. Do you honestly like 
why would I eat Little Caesars? There's a there's a great pizzeria on every corner. Yeah, no, that's where the real pizza is. We're in the Midwest, bro. Right? It's like if if Braden was like, "Oh man, we gotta get sushi when you're in Omaha." I'm gonna be like, Don't, "Oh yeah, Omaha, the sushi capital is, of the Midwest." <laughs> isn't Casey's all the rage out there? Casey's is Dan's thing. I just refuse. I flat out refuse to eat pizza from a gas station. I just refuse. I don't even care oh, if it's it. It could be really it's a, good. It's a gas station. It's a gas station convenience store that does pizza. In fact, right so outside like a, my neighborhood, it's like a Wawa. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Much it's our like Wawa. Wawa. Oh, I totally do that. I just can't. I can't. <laughs> like the Wawa fact that on the app, on the Casey's app, you can like pre-order like all your options. It's like a restaurant where you can pick up your food. I just refuse to accept that a gas station. And that level of cleanliness that I kind of want from a place preparing my food, they're not they're not intersecting. Someone Especially at Casey's, I'm just throwing that out there. Are the people that own Casey's and Wawa like the same people? Because like Wawa has that same app where you can pre-order your hero and then go pick it up at the gas station ten minutes later when it's ready. When you said hero, you mean like a sandwich, right? Sub. A yeah, sub, okay. a, a sub sandwich. Yeah. What do they call it in the middle? A hoagie? No, I'm agreeing with you. I just want to make sure that it wasn't like you pronounced the word gyro really weird. Those are the ones with a G and they got meat that spins. Those are Greek. Yeah. I'm here to get my Greek food, my hero. Oh. That's, that's wrong. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, do you guys want to talk about like a shop? Like, I, I feel like I feel like I, I should talk about like. Bro, we got nothing stuff. but time. Yeah, oh, okay. This is time, and we're all freaking out about delivering before Christmas. So, like, I want to inject levity into your universe, and I want to distract the three of us from the fact that, like, we could be making messes and getting awesome. But instead, we're hanging out together. I, I could be in the shop right now, and I'm not. It's I have anxiety. It's this is this is this is hurting. Not being in there. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> Justin, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, when I, you're no, in the shop, no intention to be in the shop right now. What kind of stuff do you make? Because you make you make like a pretty distinct niche of stuff. Yeah, sometimes, occasionally, I would. I my 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 bread and butter over the last couple of years has been mostly like super super nice, well made, end grain butcher block cutting boards, and then shadow boxes and display cases. I think I I sell and I make more of those than anything else in the shop. But recently I've been getting, I've been doing more work with restaurants and hotels and doing custom service pieces for them. And that has been much more fun um, to do all these, uh, these one-off custom projects. And so that's, that's the area that I've been moving into recently. What does a custom service piece mean to you and for the people who may be on audio version? So... Say a restaurant wants a, uh, I don't know, a display for this new dish that they're coming out with that's like a, a steak with some sort of like side dish, and they want it all to come out on a very specific type of plate or butcher block. So I would design a block that has the steak on one side and then maybe a little groove for whatever dipping sauce or side dish that comes with it. So like it's just a, it's a custom thing they want to, to serve whatever dish that they're, they're, they're having at the restaurant. Is a sauce groove different from a juice groove? Well, no, well, like it's a groove that holds like a ramekin, so you can put some sort of sauce or side dish in there. Not like a groove around the board that keeps the meat juices from falling onto the table. Not that. Mm. But yeah, we got to mm. make sure that the ramekin is, you know, captive. Meat you know juices. What the ramekin is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> runaway ramekins? Come on. What do you think this is? A 90s punk band? Come on. We don't need that. Runaway <laughs> ramekin. I'm gonna Google that. Has that been taken? I gotta buy that domain real quick. That's yeah. So when when all of us just decide we're done making, let's all get together. We're gonna form a maker punk uh, like '90s tribute band. Um, skip the bass. I'm playing ukulele in this band. Slapping the bass. No, I'm slapping the ukulele. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Again, <laughs> I play an upright bass. And a ukulele, because when your instrument has more than four strings, it's super overwhelming. Anything more than four strings confuses the hell out of me. Okay. I played cello for, for, for most of my life. So yeah. cello, bass, and ukulele, four strings is my limit. If you give me a five-string bass, my hands catch fire. I can't do it. But yeah, so again, ukulele is basically the top four strings of a guitar. 
<laughs> and a bass is the bottom four strings of a guitar. But when you put the six strings of a guitar together, <laughs> does not compute. Doesn't work. I'm a big fan of uh, Brushy One String, the guy on YouTube that just plays guitar using one string. I mean, you guys heard like this? the presidents of the United States of America played instruments that were tuned weird with like three strings instead of six. Millions of peaches. Peaches for me. Indeed. Still one I'm pretty sure my guy is Jamaican and before he became YouTube famous was homeless. So I don't know if we're talking about the same people. Probably not. I mean, I grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s of punk and and emo music. And so most of the bass lines that I learned how to play were one string, one note anyway. Sometimes yeah. I go crazy and play like a Blink-182 song and it'd be like four four notes over and over again, the same order. Yep. <laughs> I'm just imagining emo Justin. Just Oh my god, Justin, if you had an emo over <laughs> and you're like <laughs> oh, these cheese boards are just so <sighs> The, the, it's not a phase, the, mom. The, the the podcast people won't be able to see this, but like because I have this big mohawk fro thing that is pressed out for my hat, I could technically. He's gonna get the flat iron out and just. You guys don't understand. <laughs> it's not a phase. I liked <laughs> camping before it was so mainstream. <sighs> Camping's awesome. So you do a lot of camping, like your your Jeep is set up for it. I just assume the tent's on there all the time. It's on there right now. It's actually, it was supposed to be off, but it's, it's, it's it'll be on there till probably Christmas break. You sell like, it? Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to get sold. It, it will be sold next year, but right now. So there's a, a rooftop on your vehicle? Yes. A, a tent that mounts to the roof of my vehicle. How fun. You, it's fun. Okay. When you got to hang a number one in the middle of the night, because you're getting on 40 years old and you don't always get to sleep all the way through the night. How's that work? Uh, so there's two methods. It, de- it depends on, de- it depends on, uh, there's, there's a, there's tons of two factors. So, uh, t- top choice, if the side on it, cause I have a big eight foot awning that, that attaches the side of the, the Jeep. So if the awning is rolled in and I have a clear, a clear shot, I will unzip the side of the tent and just straight out the side of the tent. Um, as uh-huh. long as I, as long as I clear the car, you know, I, I, make, I make sure there's nothing in the danger zone below that side of the car. So that's like top choice. Second choice is the uh, the 32 ounce Gatorade bottles because they have a little bit of a wider mouth. There you go. And so like, there's no risk of missing in the dark. Yeah, but and... you gotta like wiggle your way out of a mummy bag. I, I'm not complaining because no. I'm no, a my... camping quilt kind of guy myself. So like, I know I got I got it, but. Well, the tent has a mattress in it, and we, we bring some big fluffy blankets up there. So there's no there's no sleeping bags up there. It's all full size pillows, nice down blankets, a mattress. So it's just a, it's a nice bed up there. So you don't have to lose so that. So you keep your monocle in one of those little mesh bags because you're so classy. Is that how this works? It's <laughs> exactly how that works. His yeah, his monocle and his Gatorade catheter that he's using <laughs> out in the middle of the woods. Classy guy. Uh, so where are some of the places that you've gone? Like where's camping? Like, where should we go here? Here's point point on the map. Okay. So on the map where the campsite touched you (laughs) right here. (laughs) It was Delaware. It was Delaware. (laughs) It just kept whispering Oklahoma to me. Are we are we talking like like car camping like what like the overlanding type stuff or, or like we're gonna rough it? No, we're talking like full yeah, I feel on like, if like you're overlanding with a tent on your roof rack. That's not roughing it per se. There's nothing roughing about that. I, there's a full. I have a full kitchen in the back. I like we cook pasta and steaks and all kinds of fun stuff. There's nothing roughing it about sleeping on top of your car. Like, and do you just rock a, a big old Coleman with a bunch of ice, or do you also have a refrigerator unit in your? No, room? I do the big old Coleman with ice. Okay. Uh, I haven't. I'm. I'm. I'm not going to spend nine hundred dollars in the refrigerator just to keep things a little cool. Like a good, a good cooler. You know, like a decent size Coleman or Igloo or any of those. Like, don't buy a Yeti. 
nothing else yet. Yeti, if you want to sponsor me, I'm, I'm more than happy to take a cooler from you. I just I just think that they're very expensive coolers, and you don't get that much more time out of the ice with them. So I say just go in Walmart, get like the $100 Igloo. You know, 16 pounds of ice will last you two, three days as long as you not keep constantly opening it or leaving the cooler out in the sun or anything. Like, it's it's fine. And then, you know, every but time I you stop really for gas. I really need my juice every, boxes every 15 minutes. Every time you stop for gas, you just buy a bag of ice for $2 at the gas station. Throw the ice in there and you're good to go. Listen, not all of us have that, like, high-end butcher block cutting board money. We can just be buying water to just throw it away. <laughs> but the best best place to, to – uh, Moab, Utah. I concur. Like, they're – there's there's very that or maybe maybe badlands like uh like south dakota like those are two top places yeah you mean north nebraska arches national park that area is just yeah arches red rocks all that stuff out there is just beautiful we actually accidentally went into arches um on a trip a couple years ago like uh, you tripped and fell and we're in the middle of a 15 minute drive through a national park we we were where were we before that i think we were at the grand canyon before that we were driving up um into moab and we got to we got to like moab like the town of moab hung out for a little bit got a coffee and then we're like all right let's go find a desert trail to get on just start driving we found this trail out in the middle of the desert we just started driving and we're like all right like uh it's getting late let's find a place to pull up and camp and we found a place to camp and that night, like as the sun was going down, I put the drone up. I was just flying the drone around in circles, like around the campsite, kind of like scouting the area and seeing where the trail went. And I kept seeing jeeps, like way, way out in the distance, like just going down this trail and disappearing, you know, over the horizon. Couldn't figure out where they were going. And I'm like, you know what? Tomorrow morning, let's go in that direction. Let's see. Let's, I, all this, I, I've seen at least six cars going out there. There's got to be something out there. So we hop on this trail. And we must have driven probably 15, 20 miles to the desert. And all of a sudden, there's a sign that says, like, welcome to Arches National Park. And you pop onto, like, the main road that goes through Arches. Like, you pop onto this, like, like little highway. And, like, you're in Arches. Like, you bypass the main gate. And you're just you're just there. And we're like, oh, well, I guess we're going to check out National Park today, then. <laughs> it's not the worst place to spend a couple of hours, though, man. It's gorgeous. That was fun. We went for a short little hike. And then uh, we left through the main gate. And then I did a U-turn and went back to the main gate so I could get the map and use my like National Park Pass. And then I turned around and left again. <laughs> <laughs> I did this the right way. I was here. Uh, yeah. yeah. I <laughs> am absolutely horrified of the amount of woodworking that I have to do this weekend. And I have to make flat things, too, about which I'm not super enthused. Ew. Like, what kind of flat things? I have what to a lathe make a guy? board out of a suboptimal species of wood. Oh, you're metal. a lathe guy. He's a weird lathe guy. Mm. Nothing yeah. wrong with lathes. It just it seems messy. It is. It's incredibly yeah. messy. I don't know. What I have about a lathe. The, okay. I've, I've never turned it on before. What if we take your big pokey lathe tools and we like put a suction like for a dust collector. These are weird hand gestures. I realize that on the end so that like the hollow point sucks it straight through. Would that help? Well, did so we just solve that, like it's kind of like a snow shovel. Okay. And like, it's got a cutting edge, but then it's got this ramp to shoot the wood places that are not your face or directly mm. under it. Right. Cause it's, it's U-shaped like this, right? So you cut along this edge. He said, making hand gestures. I'm making my hands into a V for those of you who are uh, on audio. But yeah, and then the wood chips slide off and then they ramp off the side and they go flinging across the shop. That's fascinating. Yeet. Indeed. So so you use gouges. You don't use those carbide-tipped tools. So there are reasons to use carbide-tipped tools. Um, I just... I like gouges. I think the finish that you get on them is a little bit better. And sanding on a lathe compared to sanding flat work is like not that big of a deal. You just like hold paper on it and it spins against it. It's not that bad. Well, I mean, if you're using surf prep sanding gear, then I think sanding on a flat surface would be fantastic. Am I right? I concur. In fact, my four by three works even on my rounded vessels. Um, 
Hannah, Hannah, we love you. We love your Sanders. And I want to know what the words are to the song that it plays when you first turn it on. I I actually need to buy, I think maybe, maybe this year I'll end up buying the, um, was it three by four? Yep. Yeah. The small one. Um, I'm gonna pick one of those up because I've been using the, uh, the surf prep, like the squishy pads on my other one brand and they don't fit the same. So I just, I, I'm anal and I want like the, the nice fit of the surf prep three by five or the nice fit of the surf prep three by five sander. So I, I am biased because sawdust talk is sponsored by surf prep. So take this with a grain of salt, but I truly thought that a wiggle sander is a wiggle sander. I mean, like, you know, like turn it on and it's a vibratory sander. It's not that big of a deal, right? How fancy can it get? Oh, was I wrong? <laughs> oh, oh, was I? No, I, I think I, I honestly think that anytime because I was using the uh, the Makita, like the, the the five inch Makita orbital, which is a fine sander. It's like an eighty dollar nice you know random orbital sander. But when I made the move from that to like the the Merca that I have, like whenever you go whether whether it's a, a festival or a Merca or or the surf prep, like when you go from the $80 sander to a $500 sander, it is just a world of a like you you didn't know how pleasurable sanding could be until you've used a sander that you really enjoy using. Yeah, it sings to me when I turn it on and then like the idea of isolating vibrations at your hand from a vibratory sander. Like that's what it does. It wiggles, right? Yeah, yeah. It's black magic. It's wizardry. It's sorcery and Hannah and their team are fantastic at producing a product that makes me kind of giggle every time I kick that thing on. It's a delight. It, it is incredible. Every once in a while I do, I kick up the, uh, the Merc every once in a while for doing some, uh, the, um, the, the Makita every once in a while for doing some like weird jobs that I just, I just want to use like the five inch, the orbital that I have. And after using it for 10 minutes, you know, you have that weird like sensation in your hand where like it's it's like vibrating, it's weird and numb. Like you don't get that with with, with good sanders. Not, not your baby hands. <laughs> I, not my baby I have, hands. I have superpowers. No, it might just be nerve damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like when you push your fingers together, you can kind of feel your fingers still moving. That's a it's a it's a fun sensation when you've been sanding for like two hours. The old, yeah. the old stranger hand. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. So okay, so I want to talk before we just spiral off into this being a, a whole hour about camping and then uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, surf yeah. prep ad. Um, <laughs> I want to hear a little bit more about how the high end brass and stainless steel cutting board feet business is uh it's i can barely keep up it's it's doing it's it's doing phenomenal i am i didn't i didn't think that i'd be where i am right now with them like when i first when i first started down this road because i had i had the idea of doing like the the first idea i had was i wanted brass cutting board feet and it wasn't like i didn't i hadn't seen them anywhere it just I, I just wanted something that wasn't plain black silicone cutting board feet. I wanted something that was cool that would, you know, elevate the boards, make them look a little a little nicer, like figuratively and literally elevate the boards. Um, so I went online. Um, I ended up finding uh, these um, uh, turntable isolation feet that came really close to looking like and and functioning like the cutting board feet that I I wanted. And I bought a couple of them and I tried them out and I wasn't happy with them. Most of them are like uh anodized aluminum. So like I couldn't find anything that was like solid stainless steel, solid brass like through and through. Everything was either like powder coated or anodized or or felt cheap or was like there's a bunch of chrome ones that were chromed plastic that I found. Like nothing no one was actually putting time and effort and money into them. So I ended up uh, I ended up on my CNC and I cut a bunch of like kind of samples. Like I was trying to figure out like a size and a shape and a style that I liked. Made a bunch of samples, went back and refined the design over and over and over again until I was happy with it. 
Um, but I found a manufacturer that would like do some sampling for me. So I went back and forth. This was like, this is a year after this initial idea. I finally like was like, all right, let me reach out to a manufacturer and see if I can get these things made. Cause I don't, I'm not, I don't have a, I don't have a CNC metal lathe in my shop where I'm, you know, cutting 6,000 feet a, a month. Like that's that, you know, you have to get a, you go to a third party for that kind of stuff. And so I found a manufacturer that we did some sampling back and forth and that cost an, a ridiculous amount of money and another six months um to to get like a sample that i really liked um that i really like like i was i was happy with um so after that sample i did like the first initial run of like 400 um they sold out in a couple of weeks i think uh i did 400 um so i ordered more and then i did another i was like oh can you do these in stainless steel as well as brass and so we did stainless steel and brass and then those sold out and so i ordered more and then i was like oh can we do a different size and so we i did a design first I, those my original ones were one and a half and then the design for a one inch one um so the design for a one inch one uh, and those kind of sold out pretty fast. And so like from that point forward, like I, every time I, I, I order another production run of them, I'm selling out of them faster and faster and faster. And so like, I've never actually been able to keep them in stock for more than maybe six weeks at a time. Um, they just, they just keep turning over and it's been, I, I'm still not technically break even with my initial investment to this whole thing, but I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. Well, and the nice thing is, according to uh, Paul from 1116, you can get a half price knockoff on his website right now and they're available. So you don't have to wait like uh, like with the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No. Yeah. I mean, you're these cutting board feet are they're like almost an instant an instantly accepted upgrade on like nice kitchen products like cutting boards. Uh, I remember the first customer that I showed them to, I was like, Hey, I have these. I literally just showed them to her in the bag because I had just gotten them and I didn't know what to put them on. Yeah. I was like, Hey, what do you think? Like, do you want something like this? And she's like, I don't care what it costs. Just put them on. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, they're, there's they're 385, um, architectural brass. So they're solid brass. The stainless steel ones are 304 stainless steel. So they won't ever corrode. They probably won't scratch very easily. Like they are, um, they're, they're, and they're heavy. <laughs> they, they cost me a fortune to ship. So, um, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad I was able to finally get something to market that, that, that I wanted, like I just, I designed them for me. Like I designed them and I wanted them for me and for my products. And it just happens that other people like them and they're buying them and I'm happy that they are. So I'm going to keep going. I have a couple other designs of them. Like I want, uh, there's a couple of other, um, sizes and some other modifications i want to make and kind of have a, a few other variations of those and then uh i think i'll be i'll be done with this product one i'll keep selling them as they are but there's a couple of things i want to i want to change on them and now that Braden has his fancy laser behind him you can start putting love notes into the side of the uh the brass is that is that what's up next you gotta scuff it up a little and then you're gonna put your maker mark into the brass on the feet. I don't think you have to scuff it. Do you have to scuff it up before? I don't. I don't. I actually, I don't even know if a CO two CO two laser carved brass will it. Yeah. Want to try? Okay, you you just got that thing. Let's try it. I, I just got it set up. Like it it just fired for the first time this last Monday. And let me tell you. <laughs> oh yeah, this I know. It's the I, coolest I, thing. I saw the message of you of you just absolutely destroying a piece of wood. Oh yeah, several several pieces were just demolished. Braden, how's the laser testing go? I don't know. I hit play, and this is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm so used to my. I've told the story a couple of times, so sorry for everybody that's heard it. But I'm so used to using like my 1.6 watt diode Amazon laser that you just crank it up to 100 percent and you just slow it down as much as you can and hope it works out. That like I. <laughs> I put this thing to like 50% and it was like, Oh, I'm going to shoot directly through whatever you're putting on here. I have the, the seven watt J tech that goes in the one infinity. And I don't think I've ever not ran that thing at a hundred percent. And even then it's like yeah. four, four passes to get through a 16th inch Balta balsa wood. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, CO2 is on like a, just a different level. Like it's terrifying. If it, if I wasn't just so wide eyed with how cool it was all the time, 
I should be terrified of how how dangerous some of the stuff in here is. <laughs> but I've got it just figured out enough that I'm actually cutting stuff without just destroying it. But here, this is a. Uh, this is my one of my first test passes. So you've got to run like a little thing where it like changes power and speed. And it's supposed to have. I don't like, think you're supposed to have holes. Yeah. It just like <laughs> plowed through everything at all speeds. Wait, so you, you didn't even cut the squares out. You basically just eviscerated the wood that belongs in those squares. Yeah, it just like and this is this is kind of the, the fun part. Like my dad was here because he helped me lift it up and we were like watching it do and I'm like, okay, we've got to figure out these settings because it's not it's not cutting the wood. It is erasing it from existence. Like just it's gone. It's like Superman or like Cyclops in the cartoons. I Honestly, that's like one of the things that it's just the maker community in general that kind of like inspires me. Like you're starting this journey into like having a laser and I just, you know, I have the, the, the bamboo, uh, you know, X1C behind me and like, I'm starting my journey into 3d printing and like everyone, like the, the more I spend time with, with other makers and, and, and in these, like all these chat groups and these Instagram groups and stuff, the more I'm inspired to kind of take on more and more of these like weird niche skills. I never thought like I never, like if you would ask me a year ago, if I'd ever have a 3d printer, I'd be like, no, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a woodworker. Like, but then I see all you guys with the, with the 3d printers and I'm like, Oh, it's so cool. I want to 3d print stuff. And I saw you guys, the lasers and CNCs. And I'm like, Oh, I want a laser and CNC stuff. And like, I have like you, you, I'm, you, you were texting the group a couple of nights ago and you were like, Oh, like, how do I do this in the laser? Like, well, how do I set this up? What are that? And it's like, it is so cool to have just a community of people around us that like are happy. Oh, I'll send you the file or I'll, you know, let me, let me come over and help you rebuild that thing. Just give me some beer and pizza. It'll be fine. Like, well, yeah. And that was, I mean, that's the thing that I, that I love about the community. And that's why I like doing this and introducing people to the community everywhere that we can i mean we were on the stoop were you on the stoop this last week no i missed it okay so i was on the stoop and pete was on the stoop and i was obviously i was messing with the laser while we were just everybody's hanging out also anybody that's not on the stoop or hasn't checked it out it's a maker hangout every saturday night that starts at like a eastern yeah eight? but it really it really it gets, picks it picks up around 11 like that's when it like really starts getting fun it's like a calm nightclub it yeah. starts late, but we so, just, I mean, we just hang out. A lot of us, I we mean, just chat about whatever. I've been on there until it pitted out at like three o'clock in the morning a few times. So it's, it, it goes late. That's the real danger is like, you just look and the time is like gone. And there's like, there's West coast people on there. Like Kamani will hop on people like that. And it's early for them. And you're like three hours behind them. So it's like four in the morning sometimes, which is not, not great, but yeah, digress. Um, but yeah, so I was hanging on the stoop and I was talking about how, like, I'm just obliterating material and I can't figure out what's wrong. And Pete just like FaceTimes me. He's like, all right, let's do this. So everybody doesn't like call you an idiot. Let's figure out why this is doing this so we can fix it. And then we figured out what it was and we learned something new about diode lasers, like cross hatching that works really well with diode lasers that does not in any way work with CO2 lasers because these things actually can just cut shit. Yeah. So yeah. no, it was great. I, I, I got this thing. Was it beginning of October sometime? And between Patrick and, and Pete and, and Dave, uh, you know, 3D DIY Dave, you guys had me up and running in like 15 minutes. And I was, I was printing, I literally, I took out the box and I think within 15 minutes of plugging it in, I was doing my first print and then I was designing and printing my own stuff within maybe an hour after that. Like, it's just, it was awesome. Yeah. I, Cause I give a like little bit designing of, stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I give a little credit to the fact that like, let's see, it's like, it is plug and play for the most part. This is one of them fancy bamboos back there over your shoulder. Is, yeah. It's the fancy bamboo. So that's mm, where your other monocle fancy. is. You made a little 3D printed monocle holder for the side of your bamboo. I did. I did. <laughs> and where do you hang your top hat, Mr. Monopoly Money? Like <laughs> uh right right next to the diving board before I dive into my my vault of gold coins. Oh, that's good. 
<laughs> old, old uh, Scrooge McDuck. No, not Scrooge. Yeah. Uh, is it Scrooge McDuck? Indeed. Or Scrooge from yeah. Okay, Uncle Scrooge from Ducktales in his Ducktales. money bin. Yeah. Oh woo! Ducktales. Oh woo! Um. So what has what has your journey three D printing been like? I mean, what you just decide to try it, or how'd you get there? I I jealousy. It was just absolute, just FOMO. Um, everyone else had one, so I needed one too. No, it was honestly like I, I. There's so many like little shop jigs and things that I had ideas for that I wanted that I'd rather just over the long run. Here's my justification: is I'm going to save money. If you can't see the air quotes, I'm going to save money if I just go ahead and buy the 3D printer rather than paying other people to print it for me. That's my justification for buying it. But yeah, I just I wanted to make. I didn't get, like. I there's there's plenty of people who like make bank like printing out stuff, and that's like their their business is selling 3D printed products. Like I really did just get it, so like I print stuff out for myself, like little jigs and things that I want to make. I'm actually in the process of designing this uh, really cool cam clamp for my CNC, and if it works, I'm going to sell the file and not the actual product. I think just because I I I'm not. I don't want to be 3D printer. You don't want but, to be a three D guy. There's enough I, of those. It's not. I just i I have one printer. So like, how, how much am I really going to produce on one printer? You know. Yeah, but it's a it's a bamboo. It's got ludicrous mode. It does. It's it's. I I I did ludicrous mode on one print one time, and it came out okay. It was a decent quality. It just it it sounds like the printer is going to destroy itself. And it that is terrifying, you know. Like, like a, I'm used to I'm used to a CNC. Like even my CNC at like 200 inches per minute, like running at full speed. The 150 doesn't go that fast, right? Like there's times where I'll, I'll hit a carve and I'm like, Whew, that's a little quick. I should slow this thing down. But like that compared to the speed of the printer, it's just it it's it's oranges and apples. Like it's th- there's no comparing how fast this thing goes. There's actually a ludicrous mode on the bamboo printer. Yeah, yeah, it's a ludicrous mode. It's like what I have now like also acquired FOMO. Congratulations, <laughs> you TJ. ruined Christmas. Christmas is ruined. Um, TJ is now a preemptive three D print guy now. Well, no, like there's, there's. Oh, that that's right, one, you do have those. And then there's a, a resin oh, yeah. printer. He's a preemptive bamboo fanboy. You'll get a bamboo eventually. Everyone will, I think. It's just it's kind of like. The, the, the way that everyone has a infinity at this point, right? Like you're just going to get one. <laughs> uh, well, and I mean, I'm going to be honest. If a guy named 3D DIY Dave tells me to buy a bamboo when it comes to 3D printing, I'm going to buy a bamboo. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I think too, like it just, it's a natural progression, right? Cause I already have the CNC. I already have the laser. I'm already on fusion 3d modeling like why not have the 3d printer i already have the programs i need to to do that stuff so it's just it just made sense to have one and i'm gonna be honest i convinced myself that i was gonna get it because i was gonna get hold downs for my cnc but really the thing that i really sold me i have a child I was going to be able to print toys instead of having to buy toys every because let's be honest, like I get on Amazon. I want something. I hit buy now before I even register that I'm thinking about buying it. I'm exactly the same way with my daughter. She want, Hey dad, I need, I need a new Paw Patrol toy because the new movie came out. I'm like, makes sense to me. Let's go get it. They ridicule us as parents in the movie with a backhanded apology for coming out (laughs) with new merchandise. I did. I loved it in the first one. How did we pay for all this? Officially licensed merchandise sells like hotcakes. I did. Honestly, I did. One of the first things I printed was my kid a toy. So that's the first thing I printed was a yeah. a uh, a print in place like articulating elephant. So I, I printed a, a large green turtle using the green filament that came with the bamboo. The print in place like articulating stuff blows my mind that is i get I haven't it do, i haven't done one yet i need to i, I need to try that out i want to buy some rain filaments your brain wrinkle a little bit extra do like an adjustable wrench that's print in place oh that's oh, yeah they've been around for 
forever and ever. And it's not like it's, you know, it's got all the torque that it can, you know, supply being made out of PLA. But at the same time, it's like really fun to pump that wheel and make it go. <laughs> Um, I if, but you, yeah, could you blow that up to like a, 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 a you know, uh, you know, Dave's like, ginormal printer? Could you increase the size of that and then print a giant print in place wrench? Yeah, you could probably print it to where like just the head so that you could get like full volume and then do the the handle in pieces as well. You could probably get oh, that that sucker. I, I have some phone calls to make after this. Yeah. Dovetails <laughs> and some CA glue to hold it all together. You're going to be in great shape, man. Yeah. Do it like a reverse katana sword like he's been making. So instead you've got the, the adjustable head and then you just like flip the bottom out and like kick flips out a handle. <laughs> That's how you get the ladies kids. That's how. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that every every woman's diary has a nightly entry that says something along the lines of when he pulled his samurai sword off of the 3D printer and extended it, I knew he was the one for me. That's bound to get me at least tens of, of likes on Instagram. Yes. There's yeah, dozens see, of us. Dozens <laughs> of us. Never nude. Um, I'm afraid that I've blew myself. That's my favorite Arrested Development quote. <laughs> uh, I, was just, but no. I was just talking to my wife about Arrested Development, actually. Okay, she... here's so here's our here's our topic: Arrested Development. So the first there's six seasons, right? Six. Yeah. six. Okay, first first five, good in like that kind of like awkward humor sort of way that it's. I mean, it's Arrested Development. Good. Yeah. Was the sixth season just kind of awful? I don't remember much from the 60s. I feel like I never really, I feel like I didn't like it, which is why I didn't really watch it as often. I think I got like three episodes in. I was like, Netflix is, you're trying to just convince me to watch this because it's Arrested Development. It's like the last season of Scrubs. Yeah. It, you know what it is? I think, I, I, can, I, I honestly believe that Arrested Development as a show was kind of ahead of its time and pace for what it was. Like that type of like, weird mockumentary humor sitcom it was the it was the first one that i remember ever having that that style and i think it was just it was too too far ahead for for what it was because now now there's like modern family and the office like all this stuff came out and everyone loves it and the rest of development kind of just disappeared was the rest of development that was like early thousands right i was like I yeah, that was definitely like maybe two thousand five. I don't know. Someone Google it. I I I remember watching it in college, but I don't remember if I was watching it in high school. Two thousand and three. So yeah, so, it came out when I was still in high school. Wow. Okay. So two thousand three. That's like right around the time, like the the weird drug-addled Quiznos sub. Uh, those commercials were still on TV. Yeah. With the weird hamsters. Like that's the, that's the world we were living in. It was a wild West of content. So yeah, you're right. It might've been ahead of its time. Yeah, I think so. I like the moon. No, my favorite episode is the Hermano episode. That's a really good one. Have you seen Hermano? Oh, this Hermano. (laughs) That, I think that's that's absolutely my favorite episode ever. Uh, all right, so Justin, what uh, what do you kind of see in like we're getting close to the new year? What what do you see yeah. for yourself as a maker? What do you see for your shop, your business? Ooh. What do you see happening next year? What are kind of like your goals? So, okay, not hu- humble brag, right? I have I feel like I have. I have everything in my shop at this point that I think I, I want for the most part, right? Like what I, I started this, I started Campfire Woodworks in 2018. Yeah. 2018 I started, right? So I was buying my entire shop for the first year and a half, two years was used tools. Like I was on Facebook marketplace every night, just like browsing. Oh, Nice. those who can't see there's now a new Chiron on the bottom of the screen that says Justin equals big deal which yes i am sort of a big deal anyway 
mail Justin a dollar for using the word Chiron correctly. <laughs> Man, only a big deal kind of guy would use a thirty dollar word like that. Oh, it's like that's that's my that's my ultimate Scrabble word. Anyway, there uh, the first the first like two years it was all used tools, right? Like I was on Facebook Marketplace and in 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 uh craigslist you know my, everything was used everything was old and like little by little like I've, I've i made stuff i sold it i made money i bought bigger and better tools and now like i have the saw stop and the dust collection and the cnc and also i have a 27 by 14 shop so there's only so many tools i can buy that i can fit in that space right it's 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 not a lot of space so i'm out of space where i could buy bigger tools and the only thing left i think that i really want is i want a nova drill press but Somebody mentioned that another company might be coming out with a competitor for the Nova Drill Press. So I'm going to hold out in 2014 and see if this is true. And I might buy that competitor. And then a Laguna um, uh, Edge Sander. That's it. Those are the last two tools that I actually want in my shop that I've made. I specifically have made room for so that they're going to go and I have it planned out. But besides that, like, I'm kind of done with that stuff. So, like, I like 2024 will be the first year that like I can concentrate on like refining my process. And like, maybe I can get this more hand tool work. Maybe I can like do some more interesting, cooler, longer term projects and not really worry about like having to make money to buy the new tool or, 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 or there's nothing like there's no other priority other than like making in the shop. So I'm like looking forward to concentrating on just working in the space that i managed to build for myself there that's that's what 2024 is gonna be and obviously like growing i definitely <laughs> i'm here to make money so i'm definitely gonna continue trying to grow the business part of things but i do i want to like i want to i want to have more fun in there and not, not not feel like i need to like you know keep up the joneses with all the stuff that's in there what a place to be although i give it by like October of next year, we're going to see Campfire Woodworks is like, so I bought this five by 10 CNC and now I need to figure out how to fit it in this garage. Never going to have, there's no room on my property for anything like that. Like it's just it, the, the only, the only way that I would invest more into like tools and, and growing the shop is if we decided that we we're going to buy another house next year and move. And I had like, a larger space to build a shop in. And then I'd obviously fill that space. I'd, I'd get a second bandsaw, maybe a couple of the fun little tools. How nice would it be to have like a, like a, like a, like a BX 18 for like resawing. And then like, I keep my like 14 and keep like a quarter inch blade on in there for like small cuts and just not have to ever change blades out again in the middle of a project. Cause I have to do two different kinds of cuts. That would be a, an amazing feeling. I know That's exactly what you're describing. <laughs> I recently put a, a 316 blade on my, uh, what is it, my Laguna 14, not BX, my Laguna yeah. Slow Breaking. The 1412. The 1412, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. I got a Laguna, two Laguna lathes, and they all got numbers too. It's just naming conventions. I wish it was just like the Charles. And like no, the Marcel. Laguna's like, naming convention is really good now. Like, cause like their planer is the PX, their jointer is the JX, their bandsaw is the BX. So there's a, there's a theme. Oh, with your fancy that? disc brakes. <laughs> you know, it, it's a it's it's just a bicycle disc brake in there. There's nothing special about it. If you've well, ever ridden 14... a cheap a cheap mountain bike from Walmart, it's the same brake that's on that. <laughs> I'm put my own damn disc brake on then. That's fine. I might cheat. You know what? I, I would love to like just go to a bike shop and get like a hydraulic disc brake kit and just like switch it out for like oil filled hydraulic disc brakes. I'm going to figure out how to get a uh, semi truck J brake on mine. <laughs> Every time it stops. Time to stop the bike. You just got to get the, uh, you got to get a little dust collector with the auto, the auto clean. That's a fun that was that, that was a fun first time plugging that thing in, not realizing that it does that every twenty. Does seconds it do like or whatever. yeah? Does it do like the reverse air to it, like shake out? It scared the crap out of me the first time I plugged that thing. I didn't know what was happening. So like it, you know, like if it, once it, if you, from what I understand, if it, if you cut the power and then actually physically plug it back in again, what is that? Thumbs up on my screen. That's weird. Um, Somebody liked us. That's wonderful, right? Oh, that's Wait, awesome. If we do it, it does it. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Anyway, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's enough a for me. If we um, so if you if you if the first time you plug it in, or if you unplug it and plug it back in again when it's like power cycling, it auto cleans. It the there's a pal. It, for those of you who don't know, uh, the the P Flux series of dust collectors when we go to the P Flux one, two, and three, they have an auto clean on the HEPA filter, and it's basically just this little pole with these paddles in it. Every time you shut down the dust collector, and then I think it's like every ten minutes or every five minutes while it's running. It hits. It, it it slaps the cleat the pleats around for twenty seconds, ten seconds in one direction, and then ten seconds in the other direction to clean off the pleats as you're as you're using it. But the, I didn't know it did this, so I plugged it in the first time, and all of a sudden, my shop you hear, and I thought the thing was. I I thought I had like wired it wrong, and it was like running backward. I couldn't figure out what it was doing. I never heard actually. I knew that it had an auto clean feature. I didn't realize how loud it was. It's a it's a really weird experience. Now I'm never heard. You never heard the the pleat bleeder, pleat beater. That's a fun well, word to say. Well, I've seen the one from like Grizzly with the, with the crank on it. You crank it around like that one, but it's not. Yeah. It's you know you're doing it right. You're grabbing that 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 handle and you're twisting it around and knocking the pleats. This thing just does it by itself whenever it damn well pleases. See, I just exhaust my dust collection out the shop wall, and uh, yeah, but how do yeah, you keep your shop? hot or cold what he's mean, inside like he's moment? inside right now so he doesn't yeah but like if i like the the p flux 3 is like 3800 cfm and i have like a 14000 btu heater and a 14000 btu ac in there i could empty all the air out of my shop in like 45 seconds so if i was venting out like i would never be able to heat or cool my shop yeah, Not but if you're attitude. welding in your shop and you're making all kinds of noxious <laughs> fumes, awesome. Automatic automatic uh, fume extractor, I see. Yeah, no, you put one of those, the big gulp things that you're supposed to put behind like a miter saw that like doesn't really work that great. <laughs> and because uh, we're talking miter saw dust collection, it's like, it's, it's a cute concept. Can, can I say, I, I love my Capex, but I am so disappointed in the dust collection of that thing. I, I, I was under the impression that it would solve all of my problems, you know, world hunger and, and there'd be no more wars. And really, there's just still dust everywhere when I, when I use that thing. It, doesn't, it hasn't really changed the, the amount of just crap flying everywhere when I'm doing cross cuts. Well, what that means is it has, in fact, solved all of your problems, but you need to come to terms with the fact that sawdust coming out of your miter saw is not really a problem. It's a feature. <laughs> See, the secret is to realize there is no spoon. <laughs> Do not tramp in the spoon. That is impossible. Yeah. Instead, only try and realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon. And then you will see. It's not the spoon that bends. It's only yourself. Do you want the red Omtech or the blue Omtech? <laughs> Oh man, this I may was, have seen that. I may have seen that movie well over a hundred times. Just, just so you know. Dude, when that movie came out and was in theaters before it had been just completely parodied into the ground, <laughs> it was amazing. I think I, I, I think I saw it at six or seven times in theaters. I think I went Can't back with my friends like every other, like every other day. We did a, a two for one. You know, you're. 16, 17. We don't talk you, about you, how to do two for one at the movie theater. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. Was that was back when there was like like community movie theaters, like the small town theaters that like they knew that you were in there all day. No one really gave a crap. They knew you were like 14, couldn't afford two tickets, and they were like, Well, place is empty anyway, so at least they're buying popcorn, right? Yeah. As, as long as we keep all these 14-year-old boys off the pipe and the pole, they might as well be here. I was a BMX kid. We were we were just we were just a bunch of weirdos. Wow. So Justin Bailey, everybody, avid avid camper, uh, former emo BMXer. That and that, password that, in the original Metroid. That about sums it up. Never played Metroid actually. I was uh, I was more of a Unreal Tournament kind of guy. Yeah, bro. You, your name is the password in the first I know, Metroid. I, I know it's. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's like the 4,000th person to tell me that. Doesn't change the fact that it's true and it makes you slightly more awesome. That, that, I mean, yes. Well, like you said before, Justin Bailey equals big deal. That's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a Did you know... reminded us. See? Right <laughs> Did you there. know that I came before that? They actually, that, that, that cheat code was, was named after me. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. You got uh, it going on Bossa Nova, man. Like, I, yeah, my, I believe you. My parents do that to game developers. They were like, you know what you got to do? You got to put this kid's name in the game somewhere. That works for me. Okay, well, boys, this was a fantastic show. I've had a hoot and a toot of a good time. Um, Justin, you've seen the show enough times to know that at the end of the show, I put our guests, you know, into the hot zone, and I ask you very politely to give the children who are listening on audiobook or people who are following along or any of us viewers on YouTube Live or Instagram uh, a thought or, or a motivational quote or a reason to kick our shops open and actually do all of the work that we have been procrastinating for the last hour and uh, secretly freaking out about on the inside while we giggle with our maker friends. What would you like to share with the other kids at school? So much, so much knowledge that I have in all of my, my wise years on this earth. Um, I don't know. Like, listen, it's, it's not a big deal. Like, this is whether you're in this as a business or as a hobby or anything else like it's not that serious this is supposed to be fun um don't beat yourself up or don't buy into the fomo either like everyone got started somewhere like i don't care if you have a hundred thousand instagram followers or a million instagram followers or 10 instagram followers or you you just glued up your very first cutting board ever and you used plywood and brad nails to do it like I, it doesn't matter everyone starts at some point somewhere and they figure it out along the way we've all been there we've all done it i was there you guys were there like you, you you know it's so like just ignore all the bs you know don't don't buy into to the hype and and and, and, and compare yourself to the other makers that are out there and, and well established just just have fun with it do your thing you'll learn you'll figure it out you know if you don't know something google it youtube it message somebody you know pick someone on youtube or on instagram that you that you follow you admire and, and reach out to them don't be afraid of that like the community is always there to help just keep going we'll figure it out it'll be fun i love That's it, it. <laughs> i love it <laughs> well thank you everybody who was here for the live for joining us uh special thanks to our sponsors george supply co and surf rep sanding um you know the bit about them terrible terrible makers of like tissues though like none of the products make good tissues but they're good at what they are meant to do um george supply co might be able to print on a hanky (laughs) oh that's a good actually that's a good idea we should do sawdust talk sawdust talk maker hankies next big idea but thank you everybody for joining us Justin. ascots you got to print out ascots yeah people don't you know, people don't people don't wear those enough anymore and i think that's what you need to do bring it back i feel like well, fred killed it from scooby-doo man i think that's the problem is you only you've got like such a wide window of ascot you've got austin powers and you've got fred from scooby-doo like not enough role models range. out there wearing them honestly like we need more role models wearing ascots come bring on drake back. get on it um but Justin, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. If you are watching this now, or if you want to listen to any of our old episodes, you can find them on uh, Instagram and all of the other apps. I've I've just given up trying to figure out what they all are, but we're out there: Spotify, Apple, the good stuff. So, um, but with that, we will see you guys next week. Bye bye. Cheers. <laughs>